We're your hosts. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kelsey. Florida natives for two decades. And true crime fanatics. Welcome to the chaos of sunshine and shadows. The Sunshine State earned her nickname in 1970, boasting over 800 miles of beaches and 1,500 miles of intercoastal waterways, 11 national parks, and over 8 of the top amusement parks. Florida is the perfect vacation spot to unwind, relax, and vacation with family and friends. Or is it? Florida has 67 counties, totaling a little over 40 million acres of land, broken up into six different regions, filled with swamps, farms, and many rural cities. On this podcast, we will take a look at the counties and their dark, seedy underbellies of crime and mystery, reminding everyone that you can't have sunshine without the shadows. On this season of Sunshine and Shadows, we will be focusing on the Sunshine State's infamous Northeast Florida region. These 20 mostly rural farm counties do bring forth several universities and state colleges in larger metropolitan areas. During this season, we will be examining these counties, exposing their dark, shadowy secrets in the pursuit of advocating for families and giving a voice to the voices. Join us on this journey to learn more about our home state on this season of Sunshine and Shadows. What is up, gremlins? Hey, humans. We're back. (laughs) Guess who's back? So I feel like we need to preface, I'm a little sick. But we love our nine subscribers, so we wanted to get our content out on time. <laughs> All nine of you. We really do love you. We really do appreciate you. Also... Hey, Mom! <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not saying hello to my mother. <laughs> um, also, I feel like this should just be our little disclosure now. There's a lot of things in your life that's going to be consistent. We really <laughs> tried for this Monday release, and then we're like, oh, we'll do Wednesday, Saturday. You're just going to get it twice a week. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Maybe some days it'll be Monday, Tuesday. Some days. Some weeks it'll be Monday, Tuesday. <clears throat> Other weeks it might be like Monday, Thursday. I don't know. I Maybe not Monday. <laughs> We'd have to be really on top of our shit. Oof. Yeah. Like maybe, um, hold on. <clears throat> maybe when we get some time off of, you know, like our real jobs and can like sit down and just make content and we'll have a backlog, then we'll be really, really good about it. But um, until then, life has a way of just, like, coming up and tripping you from behind. And so... <laughs> yeah. Eventually, maybe, like... We're here on Wednesday today. Or this yeah. week. <laughs> We're recording on Wednesday. So you'll get the episode probably late Wednesday night or Thursday morning, depending on when Caitlin wants to drop it. But... I drop it like it's hot anytime. <laughs> um, but that was just my little disclosure, my little agreement statement. We're all going to have that you're not going to yell at us if we don't release it on Monday. Not that anybody's yelled at us yet. We're not enough listeners for people to yell at us yet. Correct. Thank you to our nine subscribers for being understanding. <laughs> Give it some time. We'll have listeners. So guess where we're at? It's a new county. What county are we in? St. John's, your favorite river. <laughs> This is so nasty. I saw a Facebook post today of somebody that pulled a 14-foot, 1,000-pound gator out of the St. John's River. Hell no. That's brackish. Did you not see the... Oh, my God. They're going in the brackish water now? Nowhere is safe. You didn't know that? Well, like, in my mind, I'm like, odds against a shark. Like, I'll take my chances. Shark versus gator. Like, I feel good. 
Yeah, okay, always. But you th- <laughs> but you didn't see the statistic that there's, like, a gator, like, almost every two feet inside the St. John's, if you factor in how many gators live there for cubic water surface. But I feel like as you get closer, because, you know, like, we're right there on the interco, and then as we get closer to, like, the actual ocean, I feel like that decreases because, you know, it's saltier water. Gators can go in salt water. I know, but I always it's forget It's sharks that. that have the... They'll go in brackish water, but you're more likely to encounter a gator in salt water than well, you will to find a shark in. Well, shit. <laughs> shit. I've just been out here all like, I'm in more coastal water, so I'm safe out here living my, been living a lie. A lie. A lie. So, St. John's County, Florida is located in the northeastern part of Florida, sitting just across the river from Clay County and just below Duval County. The county earned her name for the St. John's River, which flows along her western border, established in 1821, back in the day. (laughs) It is one of the two original counties established after Florida was seceded to the United States. Sorry. As the start of the Florida territorial period and corresponds roughly to the formal colonial province of East Florida. Man, it's all busted up. St. John's County is still considered to be part of the Jacksonville metropolitan area, though. I didn't know that. I just kind of felt like St. John's was part of Clay. Oh, God. <laughs> kind of like we were vibing together. However, its most largest incorporated and famous city is... St. Augustine. St. Augustine! No, wait. Give it a second. You did it. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, we're back. Sorry, we screamed again. <laughs> which holds the county seat. So after saying that, we have to note that tourism is the main source of income for the county, but it does also host 273,000 residents. So a little bit of fun information for all you agricultural humans listening. To answer the question, yes, this is the county that the St. John's Water Management Program is run out of. Kelsey, you didn't ag much in high school. No, you definitely caught me. I did not ag much. Um, one of the ag teachers at our high school was a bitch, <laughs> and she was really she mean to me in seventh grade. And just I took never, some getting used to. I never let it go, <laughs> so I never took her class again. So, for for those of you like Kelsey who didn't ag much in school, the St. John's Water Management District covers 18 different counties in northeast and central Florida, which adds up to about 12,283 square miles and 7.8 million acres. The counties include Brevard, Clay, Duval, Flagler, Indian River, Nassau, Putnam, Seminole Counties, St. John's, Volusia, and the counties that lie partially in the district are Alachua, Baker, Bradford, Lake Marion, Okeechobee, Orange, and Osceola counties. Okay, I'm done geeking out over the water management district. <laughs> I was going to say something really stupid, but I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> why? You said Brevard County, and I don't know why I thought of Broward. And I was like, Broward's not up here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to keep this to myself. I flip-flopped them too, though. I don't know where, I don't know where Brevard County is located. It's Okay. <laughs> Like, I have to see the map of Florida to tell you, but I can't be like, oh, geographically, with the north wind coming in at so many knots per hour, it's this way. Second star, straight to the right, straight on till morning. But also, like, why couldn't we ever have adventures at night? Why was it always in the morning? Like, we want to sleep in. Because you're a scaredy cat. You're scared of the dark. I'm terrified. Um, so, I vote we add the county 
to the not pick me girl list because the St. John's Water Management does so many wonderful things. However, the city, the city. So, good old haunted ass St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, God. So, founded in 1565, St. Augustine is the oldest. No continuous occupied settlement of European and African-American origin in the United States. 42 years before the English colonized Jamestown and 55 years before the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock, the Spanish established at St. Augustine this nation's first enduring settlement. No need to throw like shade at Jamestown like that. Like (laughs) I'm throwing shade at St. Augustine because Pensacola came first. And we're the town of City f- Seven Flags. That's why they had to edit their continuous. Yes. Because when they found out Pensacola came first, they were pretty pissed off. I bet they were. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, so continuing with the city's Pick Me Girl application, their website goes on to boast, throughout the modern city within its historical colonial district, there remain 36 buildings of colonial origin and another 40 that are reconstructed models of colonial buildings. St. Augustine can boast that it contains the only urban nucleus in the United States whose street pattern and architectural abundance reflect that of Spanish origins. <laughs> like, it's a flex. Okay, I'll give it to you, but like, what weird about flex. San Antonio? It's the, we're older than them. Yeah, but I thought they said of Spanish origins. I think so. Antonio, oh, okay, I think that's they, where the street pattern comes in. Oh, because they're, they're, they're distinguishing. They're, they're being very colonizer-esque right now. Because, you know, the military busted we up into San Antonio and it was much like, better Pff. because we came from Spain and not Mexico. Got it. Probably. Got it. Okay, so I can't handle any more of it. Um, but I did learn something really cool that I think we need to broadcast to the entire continental United States. Tell me more. Guess what I learned about St. Augustine. So some cool facts. Plantation and slave owners in English colonies resented the sanctuary that Spanish Florida afforded escaped slaves who successfully made their way to St. Augustine, which became a focal point for the first underground railroad. There, escaped slaves were given their freedom by the Spanish governor if they declared allegiance to the King of Spain and embraced the Catholic religion. In 1738, the first legally sanctioned free community of former slaves, Garcia Riedel San Teresa de Mos, first legally sanctioned community, was established as part of the president's northern defenses. And I'm so sorry for butchering that. In 1740, an even stronger attack on St. Augustine was mounted by the governor of the British colony of Georgia, General James Oglethorpe, who was married to one of the Schuyler sisters from Hamilton. I'll circle back. He failed to take the fort, which is the first documented case of someone fucking with Florida and then finding out. Ah, it's our first founding fuck around and find out moment. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you're going <laughs> to find out. So, look at us. I'm so proud of us. That's our first documented. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, moving on. There are more things. So, not only were we super kind of like against the grain with... Um, Having that little town um, where 
Slaves could come on the Underground Railroad. In 1964, St. Augustine played a role in America's civil rights struggle when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led a local campaign to dramatize the national efforts designed to secure congressional approval of what became the landmark Civil Rights Act of the Year. The city now contains a series of historical markers noting sites associated with the civil rights movement. So, in my opinion, Kelsey... It's kind of starting to sound like Florida might be a little bit liberal. Start the press release. Now, do not move to Florida. It is liberal. Everyone pack up. Go to the hell home. (laughs) I mean, without the villages, we would be a blue-leaning state. It is very... The villages and North Georgia. In North Georgia. (laughs) And lower Alabama. L.A. Is it really kind of red in... Pensacola? Yeah. It's called Lower Alabama for a reason. I thought it was God's waiting room. It is God's waiting room, too. <laughs> that, that's more Gulf Breeze. That's <laughs> more Gulf Breeze. Same place, though. So, I was super excited to find that out because I was like, we are liberal. Go home. <laughs> we are liberal. <laughs> Stop uh, moving here. Please. If you do... Actually, no. No, 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 no. Stop sending your dying grandparents here. And if you do, for the love of God, take their driver's license. Okay, we're not going to get into that now. Okay. I'm just saying, if if you... The road has three lanes. This one's the fast one. This one's the passing one. This one's the slow one. Caitlin? Stay in your lane. Caitlin, how fast do you drive on the interstate? I don't stay in the fast lane. I stay in the middle. How fast do you drive on the interstate? Five to ten over the posted speed limit. In the middle lane? In the middle lane. Yes. Okay, you should be in the slow lane for that. That's a fucking crime. Ten that's over a, that's in a the fucking slow hate lane? Crime. That's a fucking They're hate crime. They're doing the speed limit in that lane. I have never been behind anybody doing the speed limit in the slow lane. Oh, gosh. You need to drive on, like, 295. There are people who do, literally who do 55 in the slow lane on 295. That's a hate crime. <laughs> that I- is horrendous i am mortified mm-hmm. you only drive 80 miles an hour on the interstate well i mean if it's 75 then i'm going 85 85 90 like depend if i'm flowing with traffic i maintain the flow of traffic okay that, this is this is growth people so like if you said you should ask her how fast she drove on the interstate three years ago <laughs> so like if i'm like driving and i'm like in between groups of people on the interstate and i see like a group coming up kind of quickly i'll move over so that they can flow in the fast lane faster and i'm not impeding them Ooh. look at that self-awareness yeah <laughs> she's a self-aware girly <laughs> it's growth <laughs> this is what we call growth <laughs> so are you ready for the story? Because it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> really 15 like, minutes of us just fucking off. <laughs> like the distance. We hop all over the place. So let's go back to 2010. What were you doing? <laughs> yeah. What was that? 2010? Yeah. So 12 April. years ago? So it would have been. 12 years ago? Okay. So I'm 25. So I was 13. <laughs> Look at that middle mouse. I'm proud of you. So, it's April 9th, 2010, and friends of college student Vincent Binder reported him missing after not hearing from him from a week or so. And this is where I say girls are so different than guys. What? I think the longest we go without talking to each other is when one of us is asleep. But it's 2010. When one of us is asleep. Like, I'm just gonna... But you gotta factor in 2010. We weren't as attached to our phones and we weren't texting. People were calling each other back in 2010. People had house phones. 
We had caller ID, by the way. <laughs> Still got caller ID. What the fuck are you talking about? I feel like house... Like, I was looking at house phones, and, like, they're, like... They're... I remember, like, what the emergency phones look like, where you didn't have caller ID, you didn't have the fancy answering machine. Like, that's what they're shifting back to, and I'm like... This looks like an emergency sat phone. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, so a week. He's missing so a week. They haven't seen him in a week or so. Okay, uh, but when was spring break this year? I didn't even think to look that up. Random tangent. I'm just giving the friends the benefit of the doubt. No, no, no. And they're really good friends. I just... And it's probably it's probably trauma. But the fact that somebody could go a week without talking to somebody and not be like, whoa. Like... Maybe it's just, like, our unhealthy, like, codependency, but I haven't heard from you in 12 hours outside of, like, sleeping time, losing my marbles. And I'm going to be at your door, like, what you doing? <laughs> Where's it been? So I did Google it, and to give, to, you know, to give his friends benefit of the doubt, spring break in 2010 was in um, March, from March 7th to March 11th. Okay, that's still a month, so they've seen him since then. Yes, so... All good, all dandy, which his friends are good friends. So Vincent Binder was attending Florida State University and pursuing a master's in media and communication studies. Oh, FSU. FSU. I know. We're going to circle around. It's going to make sense. Okay. Binder was well-liked and loved by many who came into contact with him. Binder worked as a speech teaching assistant, which is something near and dear to my heart, which he really had a heart for because guess what he would call his students? He would refer to them as his kids. Well, I call my students my chickens. <laughs> Your chickens. It's offensive to call a grown adult a kid. So I call them my chickens. My little chicks. So I, I'll call them my kids like if I'm talking to other people about them. But like when I'm talking to them, I would be like... My humans, my tiny humans, my mid-humans, like, I... I definitely call them chickens to their face. I don't care. What are you going to do? Report me for bullying? Call me, then. <laughs> you are. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He was also a member of the FSU winning debate team, where he went on to become the debate team coach. Okay. So, giving you vibes. <laughs> I would never have done debate team. You could have been so good at it, though. I would have been great. Uh, I'm not going to talk ill of the dead, but that's a little bit too Star Wars-esque for me. (laughs) So, according to the St. Augustine record, and this is why his friends redeem himself, 127 people donated a total of $7,416 to help find him in one week. Oh, wow. So, looking into who... um, Binder was, as a person, really kind of broke my heart. So I was reading an article that stated he was originally from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, New York, and reportedly moved to Juniper, Florida when he was eight years old. He remained in Jupiter, attending the local high school and joining the graduating class of 1998. (laughs) Okay. Which was the year you were... A year. (laughs) Yeah, you've been vibing here a year. He went on to get a bachelor's degree from the University of West Georgia. After reporting him missing, police quickly began looking for him. Tragically, after a week-long search, on April 29th, he was discovered by police helicopter and an anonymous tip in a field near State Road 16 and Interstate 95. His body was just in the middle of a field. Yep. People just drove past it for a week. 
I mean, it's I-95. Do you think... I mean, it's a blur at that point. You fly in on I-95. I did say an anonymous tip, so somebody must have saw something. That is the craziest sign game ever. Saw something was the ones who did it. Oh. (laughs) That's bold. Okay. (laughs) Buckle in my seatbelt. That's bold. (laughs) So, for reference, we start with the discovery of Bender's body in St. John's County, and that's why I picked it for this case. And then we circle back. However... Police are able to trace his last known whereabouts back to campus in Leon County. So, so far, we've been in two counties in one state. <laughs> and I say one state because we're about to go all the way to Louisiana. Louisiana, why? So, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, and please forgive me. Aeolas, I'm pretty sure it's Aeolas Parish, to be exact, where the Aeolas Parish Jail is, where an escape has just taken place. Oh, my God. Three inmates by the name of Peter M. Hughes, Kentrell F. Johnson, and Quentin M. Truehill. Kelsey, let me tell you what these men are in for. Um, At the time, Truehill was serving 30 years for manslaughter and armed robbery. Johnson was serving 10 years for armed robbery and a parole violation. Hughes was serving four years. How did he get lumped in? Oh, mob mentality. Never mind. He might have been bored. So if y'all are going, I'll go too. Kelsey, he was only serving four years. Are you kidding me? I just sat there for four years, twiddled my thumbs. That's a, that's a really nice vacation at this point. <laughs> I just take a nap. These are some rough live, laugh, love conditions out here. I'm taking the nap. I'm going to go to bed. Good night. <laughs> Sleep time. All the books I can read. I'm getting three square you. meals a day. You have to pay for books. Oh, put money on my account right yeah okay so according to various reports they were able to escape the jail after reportedly holding a makeshift knife to the neck of a jail guard and escaped on march 30th can they just say a shiv (laughs) it's reported that they did escape or that they did attempt to chase the escapees but lost them in the woods and i feel like that's a lie because it's louisiana so it's a marsh not the woods that's good enough for me so, lies on, lies on, lies. <laughs> well, no, it's like here. Like, if somebody went running in Hatchet Creek, those are the woods. Yeah. I'm not chasing you. That's a marsh. <laughs> yeah. No, you good. You, you got this, homie. I'll get you on the fi- other side. I, f- I figured the gators would get you. I'm not going to even lie to you. Yeah, like, at that point, it's karma, right? Like, whatever happens to you, happens to you. So, the timeline so far is jailbreak on March 30th. Bender is last seen on April 2nd. And then friends officially report him missing on April 9th. And then his body is discovered on April 29th. However, we don't stop there. Because, you know, we've had FWC join the searches for different cases. We've had the FBI come in for different cases. Guess who we're adding to our team? The U.S. Marshals! Oh, yeah, because it's in the different jurisdictions. We get the Fugitive Tax Force. they hop state lines. <laughs> yes. So the U.S. Marshal Service joins the hunt. And the men are tracked down to Okalaka which is a little bit north of Miami. And it is not how you think it would be spelled. <laughs> I'm spelling it in my mind right now. How are you going to spell it in your mind? Okay, so you said oak. So um, O-A-K-A-L-L-A-K-A. So it is O-K-A-L-O-C-K-A. That's close. <laughs> um, so, props to a bank tail- 
tell her because she was the one that realized something was off and secretly alerted the security guard, who then tried to speak to the men, but they took off, as criminals do. Why did Paul Blart try to speak to the men? (laughs) (laughs) So she alerted the security guard who tried to speak with the men, but then they took off, as criminals do. And so the security guard, however, was able to write down car details and provide it to the marshal service. I feel like this is the group project. And the person just and showed up. And the security up. guard failed it. This is a group project. The teller is the one who does all the work. And she said, the only thing you have to do is print out the papers and bring them in. <laughs> and what did he not do? Print out the papers and bring them in. And he's like, well, why are you mad at me? <laughs> you-, you had one thing to do. I told you these dudes were weird. Call the police. <laughs> She's like, I'm keeping them entertained. Help me. Yeah. So then the three men were finally caught, sorry, finally caught on May 12th in Miami at a budget inn. <laughs> I feel like if I had to choose between prison and the budget inn, at least prison treats their bed bugs. <laughs> so then we're back in a place that we are familiar with. The Miami Correctional Facility, which is a throwback to our Duval case. We are not familiar with it. We are not familiar with it. We learned about it on our Duval case when we learned that Florida doesn't ship people out when inmates murder them. We just hop them to a different Florida facility. And then we just keep them in Rayford for forever. Four till death. Four till death. (laughs) So, I'm sorry. So before, they were yeeted back to Leon County. So they chilled in Miami, they got some sun, heard the water, and then we were like, nope, back to Leon County, which is where FSU is. So in the vehicle um, that was with the men, stolen vehicle, obvi, we're not going to have a real vehicle, police found several items that could be traced back to Bender, including a bloody knife and receipts. Police were able to eventually keep the knife because they're stupid. That's true. That's a good thing. They're stupid. They got caught, but police were able to eventually track the fugitive movements based off of banking information from Binder's debit card. One of the fugitives came forward, Johnson, and claimed that the path had or that the plan had been to only rob Binder. And that was it. So let's actually jump into this for a minute. Yes. So all three men were convicted, right? So they were convicted because obviously um, they didn't just rob Bender. He was, you know, sadly taken from us and murdered. Um, So Hughes receives a plea deal and is serving life without parole. Johnson and Truehill were convicted and placed on death row for their role in the murder because they were the people doing the stabbing. So Hughes is the one that was only in there for four years. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> Correct. So we it's see like the your little brother tags along and he has to join. So obviously they flipped Hughes, right? So I mean, he's only in there four years. I flipped him too. So, however, that would not remain the case because the good old state's attorney's office oh in Leon County made a deal 
with Johnson to take the death penalty off the table in exchange for the location of Bender's body. That's the anonymous tip. However, no such agreement was placed in writing. It was a gentleman's deal. So then the judge... Leon County's kind of notorious for that. So then the judge ruled that since Leon County made the deal and it was not in writing, that St. John's County, where they were being prosecuted, could put the death penalty back on the table, and the jury voted 12 to 0 to put him on death row. Fair enough. Well, (laughs) in a turnabout, the Florida Supreme Court says, well, hold on a minute. No, no, no. He had a deal, and he should have had the death penalty taken off the table, but, you know, life in prison is not the death penalty. Correct. But that's not all. (laughs) So, for a check-in, Hughes took a plea deal, and is serving life without parole. Johnson is now serving life without parole because of the overturning of the state's attorney's decision for St. John's County to honor Leon County. But then, True Hill was like, nah, fam, I'm not going to be the only one on death row, and he decides to challenge the Florida Supreme Court in a series of appeals. This was the man who was (laughs) serving manslaughter and armed robbery. He said... We go down together. <laughs> so, um, you want to take a guess at what one of his pleas were? One of his appeals? Insanity. <laughs> no. Counsel was ineffective. Probably. <laughs> the Supreme that. The Supreme Court actually came back in September of 2022 and was like, not nah, Gucci. Um, well, here's our actual statement. In sum... There is overwhelming evidence linking True Hill to the murder and kidnapping of Bender, in the 45-page opinion. Based on this record, we find that there is no reasonable probability that the jury's verdict of guilty would have been different even if challenged DNA evidence were wholly excluded. So, True Hill remains on death row. Okay. I don't know if... Rayford? It actually didn't say in the articles, but I, like, in my mind, kind of just was like, yeah, Rayford. Because death row isn't Rayford. We have another one in Ocala. So he's in North, <laughs> he's in North Florida. They're near Ocala. So I was just like, that's wild. So Hughes was the only one who didn't challenge the Florida Supreme Court on anything. Which, okay, to play devil's advocate... If that had been the deal on the table, the state's attorney's office from Leon County offered it, I feel like it should be honored in all counties if you're referencing the same crime. Actually, the Florida State Prison, the one in Rayford, is the only one that has it. So they're in in our backyard? Yeah. Fantastic. I love that for us. I mean, I ain't never seen anybody escape from Rayford, so. And (laughs) And live to tell about it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I got faith where they're going to stay at. <laughs> like, I feel like they just, like, <laughs> the escape. <laughs> like, so um, my friend was over the other day. I don't want to say her name on the podcast, but the friend I'm talking You know I'm yes. talking about. She lived with us for a little bit. Um, she's possibly moving back in with me. Long story. I'll have to explain it later. Um, she was looking for jobs closer to here because she currently works in Green Cove. Well, she was like, well, Rayford has a, a commissary. <laughs> 
manager position open? I said, no. I said, that's the death row prison. She's like, oh, no. No, no, I can't work there. I mean, you treat them, they're right. They're going to, you'll be safe for the rest of your life. Could you, you know, I feel like that might be one of my biggest fears in life. Not that I would be in a prison, but to imagine being in a prison and then all of a sudden they do like a lockdown because somebody's escaped. Would be terrifying. Because what the fuck am I going to do? I can tell you it's probably going to happen to me and I don't want to say it because it's trigger warning for yeah, being oh. one of the only women in a jail. That is something that's that, like, unarmed. It's not like I'm a guard. I just, I just made it to commissary. I guess like that's something that like I wonder because like think about the nurses there. Yeah. Like, they have medical facilities on yeah, campus. At least they got a scalpel. No, I don't think so. I think it's under lock and key, and it has to be the shift manager who unlocks it. Oh, shit. Because yeah, you can't just have a scalpel vibing around while they're coming in and out to get their, like, annual <laughs> wellness check. I do forget that this is the... We you just, got some allergies. You can't be having a scalpel out while allergy Bob we, is walking in. Just talking about this being the death row prison. <laughs> I forgot that there's murderers there. Can't just be Damn it. Can't be vibing with a scalpel out, Kelsey. You probably can't even have, like, IVs out or anything like that. Because that can be made into a weapon or a shiv, as you reported. I've never been to a prison, so I wouldn't know. Okay, sorry. Remember I said makeshift knife and you were like... I was like, yeah, shiv or a shank. (laughs) Call whatever you want to call it. So, as of September 2022, these men are in prison in our state. (laughs) Uh, Louisiana didn't want them back. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They said, you got it. They said they escaped once. It'll probably happen again, but... So after 12 years, two states, and over a dozen counties, the story comes to a close with all three men still in jail and the memory of Vincent Binder living on in the hearts and minds of those who loved him and all the lives that he touched. I just, so, okay, so they kidnapped him. Yes. In Tallahassee. Yeah, he was walking home on April 2nd from a study group. Good. I, you know, he graduated <laughs> high school in 98. Mm-hmm. So he was like, what, in his 30s? 2010-ish? Maybe older than that. Maybe. Okay. So well, yeah, 30s. 30s. Good, good adult student. Correct. Pursuing a master's in you media see? and communications. Oh, well, it's almost what I got a degree in. Okay, so he's walking home. Yes. And they had previously robbed two other people. So they were coming up on Bender. And the plan was to rob him. But for some reason, it, this is where the story clashed. That's why I didn't include it. Some say Johnson grabbed him. Some say Truehill grabbed him. And then Truehill tried to say that Hughes did it. And I was like, oh, we got four years. He didn't do nothing. <laughs> like, I mean, he obviously participated in the crime. But, like, it's the little brother in the situation. <laughs> like, So then they were using him and his debit card to get gas and different things like that. And something happened, they got turned around, and they ended up in Jacksonville. Okay, so they had him alive from Tallahassee to Jacksonville. Yes, which is about... Possibly to St. Augustine. Yes, correct. It's like two and a half, three hours, depending how you drive. They were, and everybody said everything was fine. I mean, as fine can be for... Somebody is being held. Against their will, yes. So then, they pull over, and according to Hughes... Truehill and Johnson walked off into the woods and came back without him. But according to Johnson, Hughes and Truehill walked into the woods and came back without him. Okay. 
And True Hill was like, I ain't saying nothing. I don't want to be the devil's advocate here. But I almost slightly believe that Hughes may have done it. You think Mr. Four Years did it? I mean, think about it. Like, like okay. So I know that I'm involved, right? Yeah. But how can I get the blame off me as quick as I can? Is I'm going to throw a plea deal and I'm going to tell you where the body's located. Hughes wasn't the one who told them where the body was located. Johnson was. Oh. But Johnson was the one who did it in both stories, right? Johnson was serving 10 years for armed robbery and a parole violation. Yeah, but True Hill's the one who said that it was Hughes, not him. No, True Hill never said anything. Oh, yeah, he said, I'm going to jail regardless. Mr. Manslaughter said nothing. It was Hughes, Mr. Four Years, and Johnson, Mr. Ten Years, who was, like, pointing the finger at each other. Oh, so, so Johnson said involved. it was True they, Hill. They, they all three did it. I... I don't, I don't know. Because he was discovered in a field. And tell me how, if Johnson was vibing in the truck, he was able to draw the map to him. If I'm in the truck, I'm going to give you, like, a vast yeah, area. I'm not going to be able to, like, take That's why you. I say, like, all three were involved. I think so, in some way, shape, or another. If, you know, if I had the knife and I handed it to you to do it, I'm just as culpable as you. Because, like, the thing is, like, this just might be me being big and bad. I have two random men who've already kidnapped me, escorting me in the field. I think I could fight off two people. You think so? I th- Adrenaline, right? Like, I know yeah. at this point, you stop the car, and you're walking me into a field. You're not taking me there to plant some roses. No. Every full intent that you're going to murder me. Yes. And the thing is, if I can get away from two of them, I just, you know, I don't know. To me, the third one kind of makes it to where, like, I'm not saying he didn't fight. But the third one makes it to me, like, you you would almost need three people to control a grown man. Because you need two to fully control a grown woman. Correct. So you're saying that it may be two people who committed the murder, but they were all three standing right there. Yeah. I don't think anybody sat in the cars. <laughs> yeah, no one was TikTok. Don't, well, TikTok don't, wasn't a thing. Don't tell us, please. <laughs> My friends are busy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Bender. And so, like, to, to me, like, this is just wild. Because, you know... I feel like some of the cases that we talk about are, like, older and, like, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like, I was in high school in 2010. and yeah, then like, you're about to graduate high school. I was, I know. <laughs> I was researching this case. You don't have to, you don't have to be like that. You, you ain't got to do me dirty like that. I was researching this case, and it was, like, case alert, September 30th, 2022. And I was like, that's right now. <laughs> and it was the Supreme Court coming back to say, like, nah, fam, you good. <laughs> We're not. You're still a bad person. Like... <laughs> None of this changed. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if your defense did not challenge some DNA stuff. You still did it. Mm-hmm. Like, we have eyewitnesses. <laughs> we have your your teammates. And they said, no, bro. See, the way it went is I got two people saying you did it. And, that, and I guess like, that's another thing is, like, they both implicated him as, like, the stabber. Yeah, so they probably held him as he stabbed him. Which still makes them culpable. Yeah, but. no, no, th- completely. They're just as guilty as he is. Whether you hold the blade or you hold somebody to where they can't move, yeah. you both played the same role. You both murdered them. Yes. So <laughs> I was like, 
they really said, you know what? We escaped Louisiana. We're going to escape Florida. We're taking it to the Supreme Court. And I was like, y'all really did that, huh? <laughs> y'all. y'all. Y'all have fun. <laughs> I mean, be blessed out in Rayford. Do you think they walked them past the chair? I would. Kelsey. What? You can't. Can you do that? Who's going to stop me? What are you going to do? The Supreme Court of Florida. <laughs> Actually, no, because they they really be like, nah. No, you like, thought the state's attorney's office was bad? Bet. <laughs> no, but, like, you f- think about it, right? Like, I'm talking about, because I know you can be in the Rayford State Prison and not murder someone. I'm talking about people who are convicted on like death row. Like, we're talking row. death row. Why? I mean, you murdered somebody. I feel like it's fair game to walk you past. I feel like I would Granted, be- some people are there. They should not be there. There are some people on death row who should not be on death row. That happens a lot. Yes. But the people who actually did it. Like, no remorse. I'm just going to put you in the room with it. Just lock you in there. Lock you in the closet. I'll come get you back in, like, an hour. This is giving me, like, Matilda vibes. Should be giving you hazing vibes. <laughs> this is hazing. This, this like is what hazing college. is. <laughs> no. It, this is literally the process of hazing. I'm going to tell I, you, like, have fun talking to Ted. Ted likes when you bring him this. Oh my god. I'm going low. I think I think it like I so they can get TV, right? We're watching the Weather Channel and we're watching Disney and Nickelodeon. You gonna watch Bluey and learn some emotional intelligence. Yeah, but they're never gonna go back in society ever again. But you're gonna be nice while you're here. I mean, honestly, I don't give a fuck you're nice or not. <laughs> Your time's up one way or the other. I guess so. Like, I just think about it, because, like, think about the nurses in the medical facilities. Like, they still have to give physicals. And like, you're with these people for years. Mind-boggling. And it has to be, like, the third, like, the separation. Like, do you get sad when they die? I feel like that's, like... Because, like, think about it's it. It's like a conflict. Am like, I sad that they died? Like, you see them and you interact with them. Oh, it's, like... Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. It's like the, um, I hate that I bring this man up so much. (laughs) But the man who I'm not going to name. You're going to rob Bob. Yeah. (laughs) You think about it and you think about, like, the detectives that he became super close with. Like, there was one in particular. Yeah. And it's not that he was a good person, but, like, they, on some level, became friends. Like, that was his friend in some levels. Kind of like how you are friendly with your coworkers. Yes. And it's, like, there's the quote that it's debated if it actually happened. But it was so, like, whenever they did execute him, like, Rayford threw, like, a party. Like, people were out there with, like, signs, like, burn, I remember that. It was, like, a, it was, like, a tailgate. Like, it, yeah, it was, like, NASCAR event, essentially. And he said to the detective that he was super close with, they call me a monster, but look at them. Because I think that's where the um, capital punishment debate comes in. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, not to get religious, because I'm like, but pride is the biggest sin, right? Oh, yeah. And to be prideful is to think that you are the equivalent of God, right? Right. So, you know, this whole eye for an eye thing we're playing something that we are not. 
Correct. In saying that, though, I'm not always for the death penalty because I do think some people are there. I'm not talking all the cases, but there are some cases. Like the West Memphis Three. They were on death row, and they are innocent. There is no DNA connecting them. There's DNA connecting somebody else that they refuse to test the DNA on. The justice system at its finest. Kansas or Arkansas, one of the two. But and then you also look at the one in Oklahoma. Like there was um, two cases in Ada, Oklahoma, four different men, and all four of them were from the wrong side of the tracks. Essentially, they're from the poor part of town, and all four were put on death row for two different murders that they did not do. Which is like insane. The, The first murder, the first guy who, the first two who got off, they like it was like. Three years before they were supposed to be executed, before they were ruled out. Oh, my God. Like, so That's there's terrifying. A, there's, there's a lot of cases back from, like, the 80s and, and cases that still happen nowadays that people who did not do it are on death row. I... But if you did do it, to an extent. I don't believe in the death penalty unless it's in the case of, like, Israel Keys. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. John Wayne Gacy. Like, we yeah. know. Well, because that's what I mean. Like, to an extent, right? It is right? Like, irrefutable. There like, is not a doubt in anyone's mind. Because my thing is, like... Fry them. Well, we don't do that anymore. It's lethal injection. Um, but, like... <laughs> but to me, like... This is going to sound super philanthropical. I feel like there are levels to murderers. Right? Like, I have a base level. Like, self-defense? Yes. And, like, it's like, if you murder somebody, I don't necessarily think you should die. But if you murder somebody and you stab them, like, 50 times and, like, you cut their fingers off and, like... You gotta go. I'm all for you. Goodbye. Like, good night. Oh, absolutely. Or, like, you become a serial killer and you mass murder or, like, you harm oh, yeah. children. If you murder a child, I think you should die regardless. I don't care because there's 100%. no such thing as self-defense when it comes to a kid. No, it's a kid. And I'm, like, five foot, so, like, <laughs> if I'm not afraid of a child, nobody else should be afraid of a child. Agreed. This has been a weird tangent about the death penalty. And I feel like this is a really good, like, episode if we were to have a variety show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you guys would listen to us just talk. I, I don't know. I feel like as a society, it's like, it, as a society, shit be bonkers. <laughs> I, I want to look into it because I also, I mean, like, I can believe it, but I can't believe, like, we used to, like, watch people get executed. Like, we still do. Oh, yeah. There's still a room. You can go watch it. But it's just like watching someone go to sleep. It's like someone's taking a little nappy nap. It's well, not dramatic. Unless you accidentally cross the wires, then it gets a little crazy. Well, that was like, was it, I can't remember what state it was. The last guy who was ever executed, it might have been Texas. I don't think Texas does it anymore. Are you talking about the electric chair? No. Well, the electric chair is another one. Even Ted Bundy, they had to electrocute him like three times before he died. Jesus. Oh, and then they would put the water on your head and stuff? I think they ended up having, like, it was bad. But, like, last I don't know. death in prison by electric. Chair. research but um by electric chair in florida it was 1999 georgia. what year was georgia's because florida's was 1999 was the right, last time georgia decision by the supreme court of the united states in 1976 he was the first 
to be executed in the United States in this manner since 1966. The last person to be executed by electric chair without the choice of an alternative method was Linda Block on May 10th, 2002 in Alabama. Sounds like Alabama. Yeah, ours, the Florida State Prison one, the last guy to be executed was in 1999. Not to be executed, to be electrocuted. On the fly research with Kelsey and Caitlin. But that does conclude our case, so. Shut up. What? What? Do you know so the nickname um, for the electric chairs? Oh, Sparky. Old Sparky. Yeah. I remember that was in a documentary. Yeah. But that is the end of our case. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for this week's episode two of Spooky Season. It will be coming at you live. Good night. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Good night. Good night.